Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the Real Flicks podcast. Wow. Wow. And this is a podcast like none other. No other podcast that we've done is like this one. Would you guys like to no know No one why? talks about movies. No, no, this specific episode. This is the only episode of the Real Flicks podcast that takes place on new U2 song Eve. So I just feel like we should... We should take that in. This is a very special moment in time for all of us, really, because we're all huge fans. So, um, just gotta soak you it who? in. Soak it in. Oh, you got him. Like the like, like the chocolate drink. You who? I, I didn't got, got you. I didn't plan on this tangent, but I'm gonna say it right now. You two, you who is fucking terrible. What are you really? talking about? I it's hate. Pretty good. I hate you too. It's carbonated it's, chocolate milk. You just, did you hear him? <laughs> yeah, he just did said, "I hate you too." No, I said, "You who." No, you, you said you too. too. You it's said recorded. you too. It is recorded. It's canon. Starting over. That's canon. That's lore. That's everything. Hello, you can't welcome. Edit, you can't edit that out. <laughs> this episode. I don't think I said it. I don't think I said it. But well, you to check that out. back. Call up, call up Tim and tell him to check it back for us. Uh, Tim's in Houston. He's 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 actually oh. he's he's volunteering. Really? He's volunteering. He's not a nice guy, Cody. I don't know it's why you make me keep him. Free yeah. labor. I don't know why wouldn't we keep him? Every week he demands my toenail clippings like he makes me cut my it's weird it's just weird that's all but back said, to the yeah point. it's weird but is it killing you it could what is if i get an infection you what if i get an infection that's what the toenail's there for it hurts um, man it hurts i don't know anything about biology i don't know enough to uh dispute that listen i have a bone to pick with you oh boy <laughs> oh yeah i know <laughs> i uh i listened to last week's episode oh did you yeah and you had a little impression of me going on i was banking on you not listening to it so that's upsetting yeah, I- I listen to it. I only listen to the ones I'm not in. That's right. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so I don't have to uh, hear my voice. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that impression you did of me. I got the. I did. You, did I get the cadence? Yeah, the cadence was right. I'm, it was the content that you had me spewing. I was just talking about movies. That was your list. I know it was my my list, but you also made it sound like I didn't have more than one thing to say. You're very you're a man of few words, Mr. Redfield, and I just wanted to convey that as best I could. All right. I'll let you go this time, but if you ever pull that out on me again, you're going to have Tim take more than just my toenails, I'll right? Call, yeah. Cuz apparently I'm the boss of him somehow. <laughs> we're it's a very strange backstory. It has a lot to do with the Spice Girls reunion tour, but so Cody, I want to get oh. your take on a very hot button issue in the movie world, and that is the Joker spin-off spin-off. That's what I think we as a society should just refer to it as now. The uh, the whole new story of the Joker is getting his own out-of-canon spin-off movie produced by Scorsese, directed by Todd Phillips, yada yada. We all talked about it. How do you feel about that quote-unquote news? I'll watch it. Yeah. But are you ex- I, I, I would watch I'm watching it too, easily. I can't wait to see it. But... Are you? Do you think it's going to be a good film? Listen, it's not going to be a film. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. Okay, good to know. Um, I don't think I don't know. It depends on who they get as the the joke man. Yeah. And it's just it, there's a lot of what ifs. I need more information. I can't. Okay. 
construct a uh, fair assessment. All right. Have you ever been on the internet before? No. I That's mean, yeah. not. Josh, is that against the internet's rules? That is against code 37. <laughs> Listen, the only rule Way of the go. internet that matters is rule 34. Which was which um, is I thou I'm shalt not comfortable not. saying that. Just look it up, Google it. No, God. and then you tell us. I'll, I'll have to uh, consult my handy book. You have a you have a book? That's pretty nice. Yeah. I got it in yeah. Kindle. <laughs> oh my you, God! You, you people in your digital copies. <laughs> oh <my God>. Cody. <laughs> so yeah, why don't why don't you tell us what it what it is? What's it about? What's Rule Thirty Four say? <laughs> People have Google. That's all I'll say. Um, I'll so, tell you. I don't know what you're saying. No, no, no. I, I'm no, no it's fine. Part. It's fine. Um, let's, let's move. So, you mentioned <laughs> it, you want to get more knowledge before you actually make form an opinion on this. So, you mentioned who could be playing the Joker. And I don't know. Have you guys thought at all about Shit, we were to some do possible that, names? We? I forgot about it until the last minute. I just put in, I put together a few of them. So, why don't I run through? And then if you guys will. You guys react to him, and then if you, a name or two pops up, we'll talk about it. So I think the most obvious choice, and the one that's on some boards out there and some people are talking about, maybe they even contacted his agent, I think it's about time we get Paul Dano as the Joker. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Because he's got a face, man. He has got a, an unforgettably creepy face, and he's a great actor. You know, evidenced by the fact that he opposite, er, opposite, acted opposite uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood, or he was in Swiss Army Man. That was both pretty cool. Both of the Daniels. He worked with both of the Daniels that matter. All three Daniels, because there's two Daniels. And, and, didn't, and didn't the, um, they directed that movie too, wasn't that the name? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was talking about Daniel Radcliffe. I was oh, no, 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 he did not. Oh, stop it. <laughs> He's worked with a lot of Daniels in his life. That is true. Hmm. And he's a Dano. Oh boy. Oh uh, shit, Josh. We're getting too. We're getting too far. <laughs> Josh, thoughts on Paul Dano? Love it. Love it. Thank you. Make it happen. Yeah. That's again. I, th- I think that's the obvious choice. It's a long, a lot like getting Jared Leto as the Joker. It's like, yeah, that's that makes sense. He's creepy and you know can has played those kind of roles before. So I'm gonna couple more. Actually, one more out of the box. This next one's also been thrown around a lot, but I just think it's a good choice. Uh, Will Poulter from The Revenant, Detroit, and the, what was it, Maze Runner movies, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Is that Mr. Eyebrows? Yeah, that's yeah. That's baby Jack Nicholson. Oh, he did uh, good. Yeah. I mean, Detroit was like, we didn't talk about it because it was just kind of a, it wasn't really a very, t- a movie you could really talk a lot about, but um, he was great in it. And not in a Joker kind of great, but in just a, oh, this guy can give a great performance at the drop of a hat. And I think it's it's in his range, I think, to to be able to pull off Joker. And that hit, the character you play just pissed me off. And if you can bring a little bit of that to an 80s hard-boiled crime drama, then I'm all for it. It could be good. Um, and then an, an out-of-the-box pick. And I know all these guys are kind of in this, in a pretty close age range, but... Uh, it's just kind of I can't see them casting somebody in their fifties as as Joker, even if it's not in main canon. So, uh, Jamie Bell, any any thoughts? Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. I thought you hated him, but sure. He's a little, he's a little boy. I don't hate Jamie Isn't Bell. He a little guy. Why would I hate Jamie Bell? He's great. Well, he's he's good. No, he was in Snowpiercer, so he's great. Yeah. 
I like Jamie Bell. But he was in Fantastic Four. I know, but that wasn't his fault. So was Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, we still like Michael B. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah, you blame you blame that you blame Miles Teller for that. Yeah, because Miles Teller is a terrible actor. I mean, that's he's, not true. He's a phenomenal actor, but you know, whatever. I'll find terrible person, decent actor. How about that? That might be true. <laughs> no, I, I rib on Miles Teller. I don't really need have any reason to, but it's just something about him, something about his face. Oh well, I'm I'm that guy for plenty of people. I'm, just walking down the street like that guy's face. Not a fan. Yeah, our entire audience. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's an that's why it's a podcast. Um Uh yeah, so Jamie Bell, that's it. Uh any names pop out to you guys? Steve Harvey. Ooh. I like Half. that. When will he apologize though? Because he has to I have to apologize. See. Um, alright, let's see. Let me get a little bit like a dark horse. Let's um let's let's have um I, uh, oh boy, um, let's go let's see. What do people like? They like social justice. Oh my god! So they like lesbian. Okay, I got it. Give me a um, shit. a social justice an, lesbian. An Evangeline Lilly as the Joker, starring opposite whoever Harley's gonna be. Oh, oh god! Will they cast another Harley? God, that would suck. Uh. Okay, so now let's get some serious choices, shall we? Uh, uh, uh. Mine was serious. <laughs> okay, Evangeline Lilly and Steve Harvey. So that's those are options. <laughs> they need to do a movie together, though. Really, I think it's it's way past due. Steve Harvey is a garbage person, though. Again, I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. He's funny as hell when he like makes fun of people, but other than that, no, no thanks, Steve Harvey. So, confirmed racist right here. Thanks, guys. Um, oh. We just decided we're trying to make a Tumblr movie, and you just go on. <laughs> well, if you're gonna, well, if you're gonna make a Tumblr Joker, then it's got to be Deray, right? Oh God! Okay, Stop. Deray with Rose McGowan as Harley Quinn. How about that? <laughs> you remember her, Mrs. No. X. You should take down to that X Men poster because it shows Apocalypse choking. Mystique. Oh, is she the one who said that? Oh. oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> It would just be them in a co- in a coffee shop talking, but never doing anything about the issues that they're passionate about, except tweet. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> at me, social justice warriors. I don't care. You're all talk. You're all talk. You go out in March. And in other know. news, we're starting the official Real Flicks podcast Tumblr. Um, <laughs> you want to see some funny movie? I'm done. No, you don't. Okay. Moving on to chronology, we have we're Cody and I are going to be talking about Logan Lucky. And like any Soderbergh joint, it's got a big cast. So, is there a more perfect game to play than Chronology? Who would like to go first? Let me go first so I can get it out of the way. All right, Cody. Your actor is Daniel Craig. Who oh, is no. back as James Bond? You haven't mentioned yet. I'm hyped. But for the I mean, t- how is he James Bond? We just introduced him. Sorry. That <laughs> joke. Joke's not ready yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Daniel Craig, your films are The Golden Compass, Layer Cake, Cowboys <laughs> and Aliens, and Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. He was in Tomb Raider? According to Wikipedia, he was. <sighs> Son of a fucking bitch. Okay. What are the names of the movies again? The Golden Compass. 
Ooh, layer compass. cake. What is that? Cowboys and Aliens. It's a movie. And Lara Croft, oh. colon, <laughs> Tomb Raider. Compass. Why couldn't you put, like, just <laughs> three James Bond movies? You're so rude. <laughs> okay, Golden Compass, Tomb Raider. I'm not, this is my answers. I'm just saying them. Okay. Can you give me a plot synopsis of Layer Cake, please? Daniel Craig plays a a an English mobster with no name who is forced to do stuff. Actually, I actually don't remember that. The, that movie doesn't really much have much of a plot. It's really good though. Larry Cake's fabulous. Matthew Vaughn's best is, film. Is he is he the lead? In all of those, yes. Okay, what was the fourth one that I haven't said yet? Cowboys and Aliens. Okay. G O O G L E. All right. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm gonna say. These are my answers. These are canon now. Oh boy. Uh, Layer cake. Tomb Raider. Golden compass. Cowboys and aliens. Where did I get it wrong? Tell me. You were so close. Which one did I fuck up? Lara Croft Tomb Raider 2001, Layer Cake 2004, Golden Compass 07, Cowboys and Aliens 2011. Well, I just don't think it's fair because I've never heard of that movie before, but I, that happens to me all the time. So It's fine. It's, it's fine. I, I, obviously I was expecting that to happen. That's why it's so, a tough game. No one ever wins this game. I I think I have maybe once. Yeah, like maybe once. You're yeah, the okay. worst person. I know. I'm fully aware. That's why why else do you think I am the way I am? All right, Josh, <laughs> your actor, and he's a he's a knockout, is Channing Tatum. Okay. Your films are Public Enemies, Haywire, Co- Coach Carter, and The Eagle. I'm going to say Coach Carter is first. Oh, boy. He's going right into it, Cody. I, uh, he probably knows all the movies. Yeah, I do. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Oh, yeah. I've seen all four of these, I think. Uh, Coach Carter. What were they again? You said The Eagle, Coach Carter. Haywire uh, and Public Enemies. Public Enemies. Okay, got it. Um, I know Haywire's last. Are you sure about that? I am sure about that. Okay. (laughs) Because that was 2011 or 12. One of the two. You say so. See, why wasn't Magic Mike on that list because honestly i think you're just being now you're just a homophobe <laughs> racist homophobe got it you're, confirmed. You're, you're the anti-tumbler on the day we decide to launch one. <laughs> oh boy okay so i'm gonna say uh coach carter then i think public enemies for 2007 eight so i'm gonna say public enemies and then the other one that i can't think of the name of you gotta think Is of the, the name. eagle? Yeah, it's the eagle. Yeah, okay. yeah, the movie nobody saw. Um, and then um, Haywire. Yeah, you got it right. Damn it! I did. Nice. Son of a bitch. It's like a sword and sandals kind of movie. I don't remember what no, happened. I thought, to it, it. I thought it was like one of those cheesy military movies. Tbh. What was that it? one Maybe. movie he made with? Um, was he in that movie with Steve Carell that was super boring about that? Was Foxcatcher? Foxcatcher was fabulous. Don't you? That dare. movie was not fabulous. It was fucking boring. But I'm that gunshot though, man. That was dope. Yeah. Too bad it took three hours to get there. <laughs> Sad. Nobody um, likes to wait for one thing, Mason. 
I'm not saying I was waiting for the one thing, but it was a, an engrossing story, guys. Come on. It was All a right. good scene. It was very slow and boring, though. It's, a, it's called a slow burn. All right. All right, Josh, your turn for me. Please. Okay. Your actor is Katie Holmes. Was this is this Scientology, Katie Holmes, or? Post Scientology, it's all pre. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. Huh. All pre Tom Cruise. Does she have? What are her thetan levels in in those movies? Just wondering. Huh? Her thetan levels. It's a Scientology no. thing. I don't. I don't. Bro, do you even South Park? No. <laughs> okay. I've fair. seen maybe like ten episodes, oh, and dis- I saw the movie. You're disgusting. So. That's not exclusive to South Park. That's just their religion. I know, but it was. Most people know of it because of the South Park episode, but continue. Katie Holmes. Okay. So, your movies are Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Mad Money, Jack and Jill, and Phone Booth. Okay, so don't uh, Mad Money, I know she did instead of Dark Knight, so that's 2008. Jack and Jill was 11. So, Phone Booth and Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Phone Booth was... Phone booth was Joel, was Joel Schumacher because it was somebody I can't remember what actor it was was just in a phone booth the entire time and that was the whole gimmick which was kind of cool. Don't be afraid of the dark. Sounds like a horror movie, but it it's also actually could a be dramedy. A, oh, don't be afraid of the dark is a dramedy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. I've just you said it pretty convincingly. That's all. Oh, man. So I know two of them are. Right side by side, but what's the order? I feel like I would have heard of Don't Be Afraid of the Dark unless it was early 2000s. Have you really not heard of it? I think I have. I'm pretty sure, but there's like I a mean, million horror movies. I mean, it's a, it's a remake of like a really popular horror movie. Who are you talking to? Okay, that's right. Who do you think you are talking to right now? Who do you think you are? Running around leaving scars, checking your jar parts. Tearing love apart. I can't just stop finish now. your thing. <laughs> Catch a cold with the eyes inside your soul. Okay, um, I'm gonna go with Phone Booth, Mad Money. Uh, what was the other one? The 2011 one, Jack and Jill, Jack and, and Jill. then Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Final answer. Boom. Got it. Nailed it. 100. Your final answer. Yes. Don't do this to me. So is your final answer? Yes. Yes. Okay, you're wrong. Shit. <laughs> you mixed up the last two. Fuck. It was Bro, phone booth? Oh, oh, it was before Jack and Jill. It was the pre-Jack yeah. and Jill days. Son of a bitch. God, Katie Holmes let me down again. First it was Dark Knight, and now it's fucking chronology. Thanks for nothing. You Actually, I love her. I'm not even going to say anything bad. So, I don't like it. current standings for the... <laughs> like it matters, because this is a never-ending game. Josh is at 13. I'm at ten and a half, and Cody's at eight and a half. Jesus Christ! Sad, very sad. We need to we need to pool our resources. The least so here's the thing: when we winning. do when when we do my my fun little activity I have planned, all the points are going to me, so you can go fuck yourselves. Oh, you're gonna Game of Thrones us? Sick, oh bro. yeah, sick, bro. So now we're gonna move on real quick to a subject that I know Josh has been talking a lot about and has been on his nog. So I want to talk. For a minute about in a little real flicks editorial movie budgets josh oh. why don't you why don't you talk chat a little bit talk talk about um, how you came to I this line of thought and what you actually think about it i didn't know this was a thing we we're doing okay um bazinga right uh, <laughs> yeah okay. i can't no, so much. 
That's why are we doing? That's a show that's happening. Oh my god. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't really know. Where do I start? Just how did Wherever you, you want, what, buddy? You what know, movie, it's a soapbox moment. You're what like, movie uh, did you watch that like you realized? Oh, movie budgets. It's not or story or anything. it wasn't any movie in particular. I mean, it's just something I've thought over the last like couple of years, and it's just like getting more like as I see more movies like underperforming. Mm-hmm. I'm like realizing it. Like, so like these blockbuster movies are costing like 150 to 200 million dollars. They didn't cost that much a while ago. I, obviously, there's inflation, but like when you look at I, I I've just. I'm just going to, like, jump right into it. I'm not going to, like, go on a whole go explanation of everything. But, Listen, where's like, your introduction and your body yeah, I don't – I don't – I'm tired. I don't care about that stuff. Um, it's my it's like wife. there's movies – like, when you look at movies like Deadpool and Logan, these are blockbuster movies, and they've been some of the most successful in the last few years. Deadpool made, like, I think 700-something million dollars, and it cost 60. So, like, I've been looking at, like, a lot of different movies and realizing, like, there's so many, and like also like horror movies. Granted, horror is not like a superhero movie or an action yeah. movie or Star Wars or Harry Potter or something but like that. But that's a proven low risk, high reward kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, But then also, I mean, you look at something like it, it's not a low budget movie. It's a pretty mid budget movie with, it's going to have a lot of visual effects and stuff. Um, and that's going to probably end up being one of the biggest movies of the year. I think it's going to make like 60 or 70 opening weekend. Um, and like, I'm just realizing, like, why studios keep, like, there's this big question that I've been seeing over the last couple months. Like, all these people are, like, posting articles, like, what's with the big drop in movie theater uh, audiences this summer? And, like, I think I saw it was, like, a 60% drop from last year mm-hmm. in box office box office sales for the summer. Granted, that's probably because some of the movies weren't that great for, like, a lot of June. Yeah, they and, weren't like, great and, like – yeah. Fate of the Furies is opening in March and Star Wars yeah, and stuff. Like, is, and it's like, yeah. so, and the best, it, the movies that are outside of a few exceptions, like War for the Planet of the Apes or uh, even Spider-Man didn't perform as well as they wanted to. It's doing well, but it's not doing huge like they wanted it to. Um, it's, they're not doing as well as they want them to. And a lot of them are really underperforming and they're asking why. And it's like, to me, the answer is, it's, it's movie budgets, which leads to ticket prices, which leads – and combined with the combined with the fact that some of the movies aren't that good, movie just – it's a whole combination that I think starts with the budget. Um, and I think once studios kind of stop being so uh, – I guess for lack of a better word, liberal with their uh, spending on movies and start you know cutting down some of the budgets and realizing they don't need to spend – $200 million on the next Fantastic Beast movie, which I don't think that movie did as well as they wanted either. Uh, yeah, not then, box office, but, no, no, but no. stuff like that makes its money in merch and yeah, yeah, licensing. Yeah, but like and still, stuff. it's like you want a movie to be successful at the box office. You want it to do, yeah, make, you know, multiple times its budget back. And if you're spending that kind of money on a movie, and then you also spend, like, I think they spend like 30 or $40 million on like marketing and stuff. So, like, they're not even being successful until they hit, like, 450 to $500 million mm-hmm. for some movies. I just – I don't understand the logic in spending that much money when – unless it's, like, a guaranteed billion dollars like Star Wars or, a, a, I don't know, a Batman movie or something. Um, I just – I think we need to – 
the second they start lowering these budgets and stop spending two hundred dollars, hundred eighty million dollars, except for a few rare. Sp- so like, I think it's logical in like cases like uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two. They spent like two hundred fifty million dollars, but that was combined with parts one and two, mm-hmm. and that makes sense because you're shooting two movies. Um, same with the Hobbit movies. I think that was actually two hundred fifty or three hundred million total for all three movies. I thought it was each. Um, I don't know. I think it was. It wasn't that much. It wasn't uh, crazy expensive. Um, Looked it. And same goes. Same for, goes for like Lord of the Rings. And even back then, it was even cheaper. So, um, um, I might be wrong, but that's what I remember uh, reading. But it, just in general, like I've noticed this thing, and I think it needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I think that once the budget, so once we can start getting blockbusters at kind of a consistent rate of like somewhere between a hundred, not even hundred, somewhere between like. 80 to 140, 150 million dollars at the most, it will eventually, you know, make ticket prices be a little more accessible for some people. Obviously, not everywhere because it's, it's not the way it works, but it will, you know, entice more people to come. And I think also lowering the budgets is also going to constrict filmmakers a little more and will push them further. Yeah. Uh, to kind of think outside the box and how they're not going to just spend more money to fix something. Yeah. With Deadpool too, didn't the director or writer say, no, we want to, we don't want a hundred million dollar budget. We want to keep it at 60 and, you know, have to fight this movie out and figure out creative solutions to problems instead of just throwing money at it. Um, yeah. 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 And just a point of clarification, the Hobbit and unexpected journey costs 200 million destination of smog, 225 battle of five armies, 250. So that was, okay. That was so they overall did the stupid. Thing. Yeah, exactly. That was overall a six hundred and seventy-five million dollar investment for a two point nine billion dollar franchise. So if you think about it that way, six seventy-five for basically three in just in box office is pretty good. But yeah, you know, and we're and we're seeing like I saw the same article about oh the this is a sh- bad worst summer in forever, and I was like okay, well, reason one, Fast and the Furious is out in. March and the the release schedule isn't the way it used to yeah, be. Yeah, they aren't. They Movies aren't are coming just out just them random. All, yeah, Kong they're just came, dumping them all in summer now. Yeah, so. Kong and Beauty and the Beast came out in March. I mean, those would usually be uh, summer tent poles, but um, I think when I when I saw kind of saw you talking about this or or and just sort of thinking about it for myself, the conclusion I came to is that I'm okay with the big budgets, but I have reached the point where. I'm at or close to numb to special effects. They're just not special anymore, <laughs> for, for lack of a better reason. Unless it's something like Star Wars or something like Interstellar or something like that where it does create a... It, it meshes with a real kind of malleable uh, substance. But like I saw Valerian, again, don't know why, but that movie cost somewhere around $175 million to make. I can guarantee yep. you, hundred of it was on special effects, and at that point, like Avatar, I just don't care anymore yep. because this all looks fake to me. So just do it practically. With that movie in particular, I'll give them a little bit of a some wiggle room because the director apparently spent a lot of his own money on it, yeah, so it wasn't he, a studio thing. Well, he spent. It um, still a stupid decision. Yeah, but, he spent it know. terribly. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. made a horrible movie, so not yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I do agree with you because I think when it all comes down to it, your studios are going to be better. You know, for a lot of movies, studios might be better off take not cutting corners obviously but putting investing their money a little bit smarter to 
and I don't think I don't think actors really can command that much money outside of Robert Downey Jr. anymore. So so scale down the budget. That's, that's an that's a whole other thing. It's like these actors are also asking for ridiculous amounts of money. Like, what didn't you say? Daniel Craig was asking for like. I think he got a like, hundred million dollars or something. Like, like that's that. that's no, you don't. I don't care. But that's if just you're a, Daniel Day Lewis. You don't get. You don't deserve that much money. Like that's just a that's a report at this point. Oh, I know, but like Beyonce might sing the theme for Bond 25 that just came out oh boy okay sorry <laughs> um yeah but like for Daniel Craig where it is he's the face of the franchise or Robert Downey Jr. where he's the face of the franchise that kind of makes sense to where yeah you're gonna pay a hundred million dollars to keep him because without him you're not gonna make you know that much um okay well actually he's gonna make 60 million pounds and a percentage of the profits on the next Bond movie, which is sixty million pounds, is like seventy million in Amer- in real yeah. money, basically. Uh, <laughs> shots fired, Britain, just like the Revolutionary War. Um, oh, nice, Co- and conquered, baby. Yee. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you. I think if I'm a stu- if if I'm you know listening to you and I'm a studio exec, I'm saying if I'm not you know a, an idiot. Well, I guess they can't be an idiot, but I would. My first cut I would make is special effects because. Last time I checked, practical effects are just as are less expensive, right? I mean, I think practical effects actually probably it depends on the kind of thing you're doing and how much you're using and like the balance of everything. But like, let me I'll, but, I'll say this: so like practical effects, so instead of you a bunch of people walk onto a green screen green screen room and you pre- and you digitally create a room, like not it doesn't have to be like a cave. Well, yeah, yeah. So instead of digitally recreating a cave, just build a cave set. You know, so you're you're not so yeah. Batman's not walking onto a green screen and then they're animating the cave around him. Actually, build the cave. You know, with you know not cheap materials, but materials that aren't that can be that make it look convincing. You know, so, um, so I I agree with basically I agree with what you're saying, and I think yeah. the first cut that should be made is fucking visual effects because they're just. They're not cool anymore. Like Beauty and the Beast had a little bit too much of it, I think. I don't think visual effects are the biggest cut. I think the bigger cut you should be making is uh, A-list stars. Mm, they because do. A-list stars still sell movies internationally. No, I don't though. think they do. Internationally, they do. They internationally, do. maybe, but I I can't remember the last time I saw a movie because an actor was in it. Oh, I, I can't. I can't. Time. I don't know anyone who thinks that way anymore. I mean, what do you mean, like outside of like my grandmother? Well, for me, it's a it's a combination of actor and director. Like I see movies for the directors usually, not but not the actors. I see movies but... for the either for the if it's based on something I'm interested in or the story I'm interested in or it's director. I generally don't care about the cast. I'm like, because I mean, a good. I, I just think you need to stop focusing on star power and you know being willing to spend so much money on just getting someone who will set like. They got Tom Holland for Spider-Man. He's like a complete unknown. Yeah, but and they also they put him in a movie with Robert Downey Jr. Well, yeah, but I just no star star power isn't what it used to be in the '90s. You can't just throw Brad Pitt on a screen and you know you got three hundred million dollars. But it still is an important part of Hollywood because what is Hollywood like, Josh? It likes movie stars, and it even if it even if they're not selling out, the, they're they're pretty basically, and sometimes they just need yeah. to be, they just need to be pretty, and that's again, that's an international thing where we are so desensitized to the e newsness of the world, and like we always hear about what the latest celebrity is doing, like you know who's divorcing, blah blah blah. But internationally, they're just like, oh, I like Leonardo DiCaprio, or oh, I like 
Michael Fassbender or whatever. Um, so I don't think that's. But yeah, Daniel Craig getting paid, <laughs> you know, ninety or seventy or whatever million dollars to do a Bond movie is crazy. But that's just that's just how the market dictate dictates it. That's why it's always a dumb argument. People complain like, oh, professional athletes make so much. It's like, yeah, because you're contributing to the demand for that product, which is a professional athlete. But Cody, what do you think about the budgets? Do you want to see them? Are you okay with it with what they are as is, or do you think studios could trim the fat? And if so, where? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'll keep seeing the movies. Okay, uh, they if I need a movie with a small budget, I'll see an indie movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Uh, unless we have any final thoughts on movie budgets. No. Okay. Cool. And again, shut them down. And again, merchandising and broadcast slash streaming rights are worth more today than they used to be. So I still think even if a movie makes, if Fantastic Beasts 2 costs 180 and makes 600, yeah, that doesn't look good, but in terms of the bottom line, I think it, it all evens out. Um, but All right, moving on. So, Josh, we have a home recommendation for us. Cody and I are talking about Logan Lucky, so what heist movie, other than Inception, can you watch from from the comfort of your own home? Yeah. Uh, so this is a movie on, I think, Netflix. No, maybe Amazon Prime. I don't remember. It's on Amazon Prime or Netflix. I don't remember which one. Uh, it's called 21. You have one job. Have you seen it? One job. I've heard of yeah. it. I don't know. I okay. don't know. It's an awesome, really underrated movie. Um, it kind of doesn't become a heist movie until like halfway through, but it's a heist movie. And it's a different kind of heist movie because the heists are uh, uh, counting cards and, you know, stealing money, basically. Um and it's a really cool uh, kind of thriller heist movie kind of thing. It has Kevin Spacey. It has um, Jim Sturgis. The guy I really like. Jim Sturgis, yes, yeah, yeah. What is it? I love Get him. a room. Jesus. He's awesome. He's so good. I, I don't know, know but what it is. Every five I don't, I seconds, like so like, hey guys, Jim Sturgis. Shut up, Josh. He's such a good actor. This is he literally the first time stuff. I've heard you mention Jim Sturgis. He mentions him he's, all the time. He's. All I've mentioned time. him like four times. He was in Cloud Atlas, Cody. I know he was. Yeah, he was, he was in a viewing. He, he was in across, he was in across the, universe. the universe. I know who the guy is. Yeah, he's so good. He's been in nothing. Oh my god, not even TV. He should have a TV show. He should. Sad. He should be. He should be Nightwing. No. He does have. He's ninety. He's forty years old. Too old. I don't care. He's so good. He's come. He's, he's got Geostorm coming out. That's a movie that needs to be Jim. made. Jim, what are you doing to me? Um, but oh, yeah, it's a, oh, that movie looks like garbage. I know, yeah. but it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so bad, but it's going to yeah. be awesome. Yeah, I can tell. It's going to be the room level movie. I can't wait. But anyway, uh, 21. It's a really cool movie. It's a uh, uh, just different. I mean, it's it's got a lot of the formulaic like elements of any typical heist movie. It's got, you know, the different cliche characters coming together to be a team. Um, you got the weird, uh, you got the obligated romantic subplot. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's got really likable characters. The cast is awesome. Um, and Kevin Spacey, because duh is awesome in it. Um, and he's just so you want to hate him, but you can't cause he's Kevin Spacey and right. he's just, he's the best. Um, so yeah, so definitely just watch his character and baby driver. Pretty much. Actually, no. He's he's basically actually. You know, he is kind of like an inverse of that character. If that makes sense. Oh, too big of a word there, bro. Can you dumb it down? 
Listen, I don't do math. <laughs> Whoa, brah. Just chillax with the $60 vocab words, all right? No, that's, I, I've seen... That's one of those movies that at, for a certain, like, time, it was it was shown before basically every DVD from, like, yeah. 2007 to, It was to, like, one of those, like, they're pushing it on you until it's released and then it finally goes yeah. away. Yeah, so I feel like I'm trying to be rebellious and avoid it, but I've, I love heist movies, anything. Kevin Spacey's great, and Blackjack is, like, the only card game I know how to play other than Go Fish, so and, I just and, love it. And Jim Sturgis, so. Well, I don't care about Jim Sturgis. He's Well, fine. you should, because he's, he's awesome. What's he done to make me excited? 21. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Under, Nobody, underappreciated film. That movie's amazing. Very good. I heard it's I heard it's poo poo garbage, but you should watch it. It's not. It's... I'll I'll probably watch it. It's good. It's Jim Sturgis good. is in it. He plays about six different roles in it. Yeah. Oh Tom, my God. Tom Hanks throws a guy off a rooftop. It's great. Um, all right. So let's uh move on and talk about Logan Lucky. So Cody, we are here to talk about the latest Steven Soderbergh film, Logan Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It was a movie. Did you love it? I liked it. Did you love it, though? Eh, love's a very strong word. It kind of dragged on a couple of times. Okay. Well, before we get into that, uh, give me your Steven Soderbergh thoughts, opinions, movies you've seen. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. Sad. I don't know what movies of his I've seen, but I don't know. He was fine. It was a good movie. He made at least one good movie. <laughs> See, that makes me sad. Steven Soderbergh. What has he made? I'll tell you. He has made oh. all three Oceans movies. I haven't seen any of those. Solaris, Contagion, The Informant, Haywire, and Side Effects. And then a bunch of, a couple others. Like uh, I think he produced, but didn't direct Magic Mike. You just named about nine movies I haven't seen. Okay, well, he is one—he is the most eclectic and one of the most talented filmmakers working today. And it—it it took me until when one day, just like, oh, I love Ocean's Eleven, and it's one of my favorite movies. And then I rewatched Ocean's tw- Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen before I saw Logan Lucky, and some of two of them are good, one of them's not. But and I was just looking through his filmography, and I was like, wow, Steven Soderbergh is the fucking man, and he is. <laughs> Uh, and I've been so excited to see Logan Lucky, and so we're we're coming at this from two very interesting perspectives: a Steven Soderbergh fanboy and a Steven Soderbergh novice, a Padawan, if you will. So, your initial thoughts are that it was good, right? It was yeah, it was good. It was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It was a really really fun movie. I and enjoyed then- all the characters. It just. You see, I'm going to tell you a secret. Oh, boy. Let me hear I went to the bathroom during the big reveal at the end of the movie. Oh, you idiot. You um, So I got back. So oh, God, I hate you so much. For those of you who, don't, um, who haven't seen the movie yet, we're about to spoil it for you. So yeah, big spoilers. Click this podcast if you haven't seen the movie. Um, they succeed in their heist, but... It would seem that Channing Tatum's character left the money because he was happy about his daughter or something gay like that. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. 
Um, I thought you were going to say not that there's anything wrong with loving your daughter, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of wrong. No. Um, so let's see. We're, so he leaves the money, and then Daniel Craig's character gets out of jail. He was in jail, by the way. Gets out of jail. He's like, where's my money? That's what he sounded like, just like that. How's that impression? Not as good as mine. Where's my money? Um, and then I had to really, really go to the bad. I had to pee so bad. Yeah, I was about to die. See, that's I but had a similar. It was implied. It was implied that Adam Driver hadn't talked to uh, Channing Tatum. Yeah, the whole movie, or since since it happened. But then I got back from the bathroom and they were talking like they're friends. Right. So you want to fill me in? They uh, betrayed Daniel Craig, but then they were friends by the end of the movie. Because they left, like, you remember early on in the movie when you talked about how he had money stashed away for when he got out, and then he gets pissed yeah. because his girlfriend took it away? They buried the money in that spot in his front yard. Because they didn't, they they didn't, they left some money in the truck, but they, I don't know if you saw this part, um, but they put these red zip ties on some bags and just yeah, I saw that part. Yeah, I got they, back after that part. Yeah, they were digging it up when I got back. Okay, yeah. So I don't, I, I don't really think anything happened. It was just, yeah, they just gave him the money, I guess. Why? I, I'm not sure. Why they go through all that trouble to make it seem like. I guess the they were double crossing. Double, cr- double crossing who? Joe Bang? Yeah. I think just to throw. Words. I just think I think it was just to throw the investigators off the scent or something like that. Which hold on, we gotta talk about Hillary Swing coming out of nowhere. No, hold on. Let me give my initial thoughts first. I haven't done that yet. This oh, is you this, hated it. Obviously, no. This is my favorite movie of the year so far. Wow, I fucking loved Logan Lucky. I loved it. This is one of Soderbergh's best. I love a good heist movie, and it turns out this is a great heist movie. And I'm just, ah. The humor was on point. The The characters were fantastic. Those two, like, in Ocean's Eleven, there's, you know, this has been called the redneck, redneck version of Ocean's Eleven. Usually I'd say, oh, that's played <laughs> out, and, you know, yeah, everybody says that, but it's completely 100% true because, you know, the two brothers... Daniel Craig's brothers are just like um, Casey Affleck and one of the cons from o- from Ocean's Eleven, and you know, Channing Tatum's your Danny Ocean, Daniel Craig's your Brad Pitt, or actually he's more of your Don Cheadle, and uh, Adam Driver's your Brad Pitt. Or uh, there's comp- there's comparisons, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, just Soderbergh is just on he's on his money. Like every movie he makes is. Even even if it's not, even if you're not gripped by the story or the characters, it is as well made and executed as this one. In some cases, even better. And I just, I, I just love this movie so much. It's easily, easily going to be in my top ten. Probably end up, wow. it'll probably end up in my top five of the year. I could not like this anymore. Well, I could, but it is also, it's very. It's eclectic in all the good ways, and it's quirky in all the good in all the right ways, and the characters are treated with probably more respect than they maybe deserve. Because in 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 real life, you know that these people are probably you know bad. 
let's not dance around the fact West Virginia is a deep, deep red, as in Republican <laughs> state. And odds are these people are not very nice in your life. But Soderberg and I, we kind of get a little bit of taste of these of this kind of walk of life where we live. But, um, but that no movie has ever made me sympathetic and kind of want to hang out with a redneck, really. Most most of the time they're played as like these buffoons or they're just like these jerks who start fights or whatever. But Soderbergh is just like, hey, these no, are... it's real smart. Some of these people are not dumb. Yeah, these are real people, and they they've just been beaten by circumstance and usually not by choice. And unfortunately, that be- getting beaten by circumstance is sometimes the people to victimize. But whatever. Outside of that, um, yeah, it just treats this whole world and these all these people with with um with respect while also teasing them a little bit for just the way that they are and the way that they live their lives which is inherently funny i think and it's just it's it's a blast of a movie and the heist is you go to these movies for the heist and the hard thing about a heist movie is that you have to basically plan a legitimate heist that makes sense and soderbergh has done that or at least has contributed to that in executing it and showing it off four times well three times really really well uh, with Ocean's Eleven, Thirteen, and this, and just the, he gets all, he gets every ounce of respect that I have. I could not admire this guy more. He is one, he is one of the best filmmakers working that nobody seems to really care about, and it's just it's that's unfortunate. But you know they. So his, I can't tell. Do you like the movie or not? It's my favorite movie of the year so far. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, so let's start with the cast first of all. Daniel Craig. Amazing. Wow. wow. For a first time performance, that was just exquisite. You know, if it take if this is what it takes, like I'm glad I'm okay getting Bond a year later than I normally would have if it meant that he got to do this movie and play this character. That's how He's much great. I, I dug it. And his Joe Bang was just awesome. He was so the thing with the gummy bears killed me. <laughs> he, he takes <laughs> that gummy, was a good scene. Wait, he takes gummy bears and what? Like some sort bleach. of bleach. Yeah, bleach, and he turns into a bomb. <laughs> uh, Ah man, and the the thing with the eggs was great, and just the 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 one liners without that weren't really one liners. They were just things that they said. They weren't written as jokes. They were just the way that the lines were delivered. And Daniel Craig made them funny. And he showed he showed us why he it's why it's good that he got James Bond because he can do so many different things. And I knew he could. And he's because of his schedule that he just hasn't had a chance to show that off. And now I'm glad that we're seeing. How big of a movie star and how big of a talent that Daniel Craig is, uh-huh. um, um, and then Channing Tatum, rock solid as always. He was, you know, he just because he's the main character, he couldn't have been in, in this kind of uh, ensemble. He couldn't have been the most interesting, but he just he did his job and he did it well. And Adam Driver, man, talk about I Adam, love Driver. Adam Driver. He never blinked in this entire movie. Not 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 like I'm sure he blinked like with his eyes, but like he never, he never his character never changed in any significant way. And static characters usually don't work, but he totally works. The only thing he really gets worked up about is his arm <laughs> or his his hand, right? Because his hand, like say it's not his arm, not his arm, it's his hand. That's the only thing that he got. He really cared about. It seemed like he he could have given he could have give a crap whether or not he goes to jail or whether or not. He gets a lot of money from this heist, or whether or not anything. He's just, I want my hand. It's the only like, 
the only time that he even shows any emotion is when he loses his hand. When loses his arm, yeah. And that was so funny. And that shouldn't work. You sh- that shouldn't work to have a character who is deadpan 99.9% of the time. But it's... I don't, I can't tell. Do I like it so much because it's Adam Driver or because it's a great performance? What do you think? Both. I think... I'm I'm always happy when an actor I like gives a great performance, and he did. Yeah, and he's an actor I like. He's subverting his kind of image, I guess. He's seen it, like because of Kylo Ren, and you know, I'm sure he knew what would happen when he took that role. He is, I'm sure he's on everybody's list as a tortured young hero who's got you know a troubled past or whatever. And now, no, he's just gonna play this dumb redneck and. With with one hand and who's just sort of quiet and unassuming and that just it, <laughs> now we're now our perception of what of who Adam Driver is as an actor and what he can do has completely changed because of a movie like this and I love that about mm-hmm. it. Steven Soderbergh he yeah sometimes with George Clooney it's like he's just playing George Clooney but every now and again he gets an actor way out of their comfort zone right out of their sweet spot and then it opens them up to so many fascinating different roles so. Um, what other standouts were were there for you? Um, the little girl who played his ex-wife was that. That was Katie Holmes. Yeah, that was Katie Holmes. Did not look like Katie Holmes. <laughs> and uh, oh, what's his name? Roy. Oh my God, it was he good was to great. see Roy. <laughs> I love seeing him in movies. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a very dependable kind of everyman kind of guy. You know, never yeah, want last, to be the focus, last but it's good movie I up. saw him in was that Benghazi movie. Oh Jesus. Uh, that's yeah. Last credit was a Michael Bay film. That's just that's exactly <laughs> what you want to hear. Um, so let's talk about Seth MacFarlane for a second. Yeah. I don't know if I hated him or liked him. It's, it's weird. He was. It's, I didn't hate him. He's just he was in a different movie. I felt he was so over the top and yeah, you yeah could everybody say Daniel, else was like within the realm of reality he's like an a white asian <laughs> british guy uh i just that character it would work if it wasn't seth mcfarland i think well i don't know if i like seth mcfarland or not that's the thing he's mm. good and like american dad and stuff but i don't yeah, he's I don't really tried to want to yeah, see his face. Yeah, he's tried to branch out a little bit as in as an actor, and I don't think it's really worked. Maybe the Orville could be good. I'm not sure, but um, is that that dumb Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going to be good. His character was just com- from a completely different movie, and he handed up so hard when nobody else was, and I was just like, "All right, you're done. You're stretching, you know my." suspension of disbelief that this person could not just exist but be a NASCAR driver. I don't understand. Like it was funny. I laughed. I had a I laughed the, I laughed the first time we saw him. Yeah. And, and like, when we it, saw him again, I was like, "Oh no." And it like I laughed at I no, I laughed at like the, you know, the zaniness and the big personality, but it's like does he belong like the question is, does this guy belong in the Logan Lucky universe? And the answer is no. And I got to take yeah. some points off for that. And sort of by extension, the entire – when it kind of goes away and tells that five-second story with Sebastian Stan's character. Yeah, that was Sebastian Stan from Captain America who played the <laughs> other driver that just – like they go off on the stanchion about his physical fitness and like him. That was hilarious. That was funny, but it 
distracted from the narrative in a way that Ocean's Eleven never did. Ocean's Eleven was like, you know, here's the team, here's what we're doing, here's how we got to do it, here's the antagonist that we were going to steal from. And this movie was a little bit, at times it maybe got stretched a little bit too thin, but it didn't, it, it never spent more than a scene away from the main narrative, so I couldn't really, it, it didn't really take away from uh, or distract me from that too much. It was just something I noticed, like, okay, I think we need to tighten this up here and make things make a little bit more, you know, streamline a little bit, be a little bit more consistent. Um, but and, and, and it was for a relatively weak, like, the Sebastian Stan bit was for a relatively weak payoff. It was just a, you know, Hillary Swank's been thwarted, or, yeah, her investigation has been thwarted because this guy won't, Sebastian Stan character won't co- cooperate, where I think you could write something just self-contained without using either of them, mm-hmm. which would then cut them out of the movie. So I think that if if that whole plot line had gotten cut out and that character gotten cut out and they just did a l- tweaked a little bit to keep them out of it and keep Swank, you know, within the team itself and the, the robbery team, I think I, I could have given this the ultimate grade. But I'm going to have to hold it back just a little bit. Oh, wow. The ultimate grade. No, yeah, I didn't like that part after uh, the main heist. I okay, it was a it's fourth acty, yeah. Before the twist, yeah, it was before the twist. I didn't care for that. It just it seemed like it was drawing on way too long. Okay, I was like, okay, guys, let's let's get to the point. Let's, let's figure out what we're trying to say here. Um, yeah, and you're losing me. What was up with Hillary Swank's voice? I don't I don't know. She doesn't always talk like that. But she did this kind of really gravelly accent that I couldn't quite place. She sounded like Toby Ziegler from <laughs> West Wing. Yeah, a little bit with less of the puckering Just of the lips. Just whisper but... talk those all he was doing all she was doing. Yeah. Was whisper talking. I was like, "Why are you like this?" Yeah, that was an it was an interesting character choice, is what I'll say. Uh, kind of, it sort of worked. The heist and the, you know, like I said, these movies are just as, are just as good as the heist they play in. But this one was fantastic, where you got the you basically the prison gets put on lockdown, so Joe Bang and Adam Driver's character characters can get away, and they kind of you know they they tell the prisoners like, okay, at the you know when it gets to the five hundred lap, then you can sort of give in or mm-hmm. or. Whatever. It was it was just a the the heist itself was just fantastic and it was perfectly executed because they you know they knock up the credit card so then everybody has to pay cash and then t- they take the cash but they leave some of the cash they just take they take just enough to be able to uh you know to do what they need to do but not enough to, for to for the speedway to really care you know and that's just that's so smart because I can't I can't remember what it is but there's some movie or TV show where it's like you know don't get greedy basically. Mm-hmm. Take what you need and get the hell out of there. Don't take a cent more because ultimately that's the mistake that was made in Ocean's Eleven is that they took too much and the guy was able to track them down in the next movie. But this one they just they take ju- they got just enough to be able to f- lay under the radar and live comfortably and do what they want to do without having too big of targets on their back. And it's mm-hmm. and in a way is in a way this is a smarter is a much smarter heist than his last movies, which I didn't think I'd say. Uh, coming into it. Um, what are some other dislikes that you have, or likes, whatever you want to talk about? Uh, well, as far as dislikes go, it was mainly just what I brought up about that fourth act 
thing you were talking about. Right. Didn't care for that. That was probably my least favorite part of the movie. You know what my favorite scene was? What's that? When Daniel Craig told his brothers to go <laughs> to go see the bear in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that was so stupid. It's just a guy in a bear suit. They didn't explain it. No, not, not only was it a guy in a bear suit, it was a, they walk into the woods, and they see this guy in a bear suit, and he hands him like a bag, and then he just fades away. Walks away. He just, no, but not just walks away. He, no, like, he just dissolves. disappears, yeah. <laughs> It's so stupid. It was, was like, hilarious. That was amazing. That was the funniest. That was the funniest thing I've seen all year. I'll say it. That was so hysterical. And Soderbergh has never done that before. None of, like his movies have always been funny, but they never gotten into that point of surrealism. And it was just <laughs> that killed me. Absolutely, because the guy in the bear suit is just a bear suit with his face in the middle of it, and he has no reaction, and he just disappears. It's, just, it's I don't know. It was super funny. Oh, man, you're not gonna. Uh, that's you're not gonna see humor like that in just any movie. You will in, in Logan Lucky, and I can't help but point out, Cody, 2017. And I you've only seen a couple of movies where this is applicable, as far as I know. But 2017 is the year of John Denver. Think about. Oh it. yeah, I mean, Alien? I've seen him in um, Alien Covenant, and he was in this movie. What else has he been in? Uh, he was in a small movie called Free Fire. Um. Oh, I wanted to see that yeah, so bad. It's really, you would love it. It's so good. Charlton Copley, best movie character of the year, isn't? Well, like the, actually, one of the tough. best at working actors ever. But he's always in these like really small or like really shitty movies. Yeah, I kind of like that about him though. If he, like he was like small stuff. I guess you could kind of call him the main character in uh, Hardcore Henry. I never saw that. Which I, think I that was saw last year. Yeah, in the theaters. Hmm. But just as a recap, this movie, it was Take Me Home, Country Road. In Alien Covenant, it was Take Me Home, Country Road. And then in Okja and Free Fire, it was both Annie's song, which was, You fill up my senses, you know? Uh-huh. So it's, I don't know. I was talking to somebody, I was like, did his, mu- did his music just get, go on sale for to be able to buy the rights? <laughs> like, is it now? Like, it's oh, probably copyright free now. Or something like that. Like, oh, like his estate is maybe selling the rights or something. Like, oh, we can get John Denver and lend a ton of credibility to our movie. Awesome, let's do it. And I'm not lying. I'm not complaining about that. It's John Denver. He's great. He's the best. And no, uh, is... Country Roads is one of the best songs ever written. Oh, totally. And, then and I, love I will. How, yeah, I love how it works into the story in this, where they he kind of talks to his daughter about you know how the song was written, and then she sings it at her at her talent show. And <laughs> let me just say, side that note, was a cute scene. The creepiest I mean, thing in the world. She was a me. really bad singer. Oh, she's terrible. It was cringy, but, but I was down with it because everybody uh, else was singing. And I kind of cried. I didn't cry, but I got the I got the chills. Something about a lot of people singing at the same time with a song with a melody like that just gets me. But Chad, I don't know a single person who doesn't like that song. They well, like. There's no person that an, doesn't like that song. It's an amazing song. It's a great song. His voice. Oh man. But um, side tangent. Child beauty pageants are the weirdest thing ever. But. Whatever. The weirdest, worst thing in the world, yeah. Basically, basically, bad parenting. Just if you put your child, if you if you put your child into a talent show, you should have your kids taken away. That's just my. That's to my be concern. fair, she seemed to be the one who wanted to do it. I know, but they're six and they don't know how awful it is. You have, as a parent, you have to know better. Don't let, don't uh-huh. put your kids in talent shows and don't let them play football. Two easy things. Uh, I love football, but you know, it's dangerous. Let's be the generation that ends football. Well, let's talk about my favorite scene since we talked about your favorite scene. Yeah, go for it. 
Um, or I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but it's by far my favorite bit in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Was during there's a scene where there's a prison riot oh, to yeah. distract from uh, Daniel Craig and Adam Driver being gone, and they give the list of demands from the uh, the rioters. <laughs> the warden, who I loved, the warden by yeah, the Dwight way, Yoakum. he was he was hilarious. He's he's great. Um, <laughs> we can get you a copy of. Uh, so they get the uh, the demands and just super funny. We can get you a copy of Dances with Dragons, easy. <laughs> but I can't get you the Winds of Winter. It's like come on, it should <laughs> be out by now. Winds of Winter and the. Uh, yeah. Jima Springs, they're not published yet. What are you talking about? George R. R. Martin said they would be done by 2015. <laughs> and then it just it keeps going on and on. The scene lasts for like two and a half minutes at least. So good. The whole, the, the, yeah, the prison stuff in general is just so funny. And it's, I love it when movies are able to make prison funny because it's like the least funny thing in the world. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't mind kicking it with these guys. They seem like a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a, a really funny joke there that was super racist but made me laugh hmm. was um to start the prison riot a white inmate goes and spills milk on a black one <laughs> don't you want to know what it feels like to be white it was so dumb <laughs> they just all start fighting yeah oh boy that was that's funny it's real good stuff and just the there's so many comedic moments there's so many funny scenes of just Again, it's not the writing isn't what's funny. It's the well, the writing is funny, but it's only because these characters are written so well overall, and these actors are play the characters so well that that it hits. And just this movie is, uh, it's just so good. And man, uh, so any other further likes or dislikes? Um, not that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's I'm tempted to go see it again, and I don't really do that often. But I really, really want to with this one for some reason. And I, like I said, I know it's going to be in my fa- f- top ten, probably my top five of the year. I like it that much, and I recommend anybody and everybody see it because it's great. So why don't you give it a grade, Cody? I give it eight and a half out of ten. Nine point five, baby. So if you cut out Seth MacFarlane. And you had a tenner. You got a you got a ten on your hands. This is one of my favorite movies we've seen for the show. It's just it's just the best and love it so much. So um all right. Let's get Josh back in here and wrap this thing up. Alright, uh Josh, let's get back in here. Watching, reading, listening to. You watched two movies, one of which I'm eager to find out your thoughts on, so go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, uh today I watched Contact. <laughs> That's the one I care about. I, Tales of Mr. Ripley's great. Yeah, I love Contact. Tell me you love Contact. I really liked it. Okay. Let me get, let me guess. The second spaceship? What about it? They that the fact that they have a second spaceship? I mean, I didn't It's kind of it was kind of just a convenient thing. It didn't bother me that much. I mean, there's nothing about it I like dislike. I just thought it was really good. It didn't yeah. blow me away. I think I might grow on you. It's it's um, I think that's your answer to Interstellar. Is, ba- is what, what I'll say is that the first half was way more interesting to me than the second half. Yeah, because it's, it's all about them. Yeah, it's about them like trying to f- figure out what's happening, and they're learning about the aliens. And then the first, first of all, I thought it was going to become like a Nazis from space thing. <laughs> yeah, Cody, have you really... seen? 
Cody, have you seen Contact? I'm so excited. I haven't. <laughs> they they so they get a message from space. I won't spoil too much, but they get a message from space. It's like a frequency, and they decode it, and they like they realize that it's an image, and it, the first image that they sent was Hitler at the uh, Berlin Olympics or something like that, <laughs> and that was the first thing that they sent back. They're like the first yeah. the first contact we make with extraterrestrial life is Adolf Hitler. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's really funny, but uh, all right. Sorry, what were you saying, Josh? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once I was disappointed to learn that that's not what the movie is about, Sad. I was okay Space with it. Um, but right. yeah, it's, it was really, it was, I was really getting into it. It was like interesting and definitely gave me an arrival kind of vibe. Um, and then it kind of got into the everything else. And I was like, oh, hey, this is this is cool. Or, this is interesting. It was fun. Um, but I kind of wanted. To, I would have been totally fine. If it was just another hour of them doing the communication stuff. But then I realized that was a rival. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really need it, but no, I totally agree. I liked it. It was it was really good. I think that I think that could that might grow on you because it it has I, it definitely a, will. it has like a time. It's it's weird. It's an it's obviously in the '90s, but it has a timeless kind of quality to it. Yeah, I couldn't figure out when this thing took place the entire time. Exactly. I mean, other than yeah. like the TVs, but it makes sense that scientists would have kind of junky machinery like that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when was the last time you hated a character more than that blonde guy? The one who did the thing and was, like, following her around? Which blonde guy? The go- the one in the cult with the creepy teeth. Don't know how more specific I can be. <laughs> I'm, I'm... I don't remember. He gets... He shows up on the cameras at the space station. Oh, oh, oh. That bastard. Yes. Oh, he's an asshole. I know. I hate that oh, guy. God. He sucks. He just ruined the party for everybody. He's a bitch. He's a little bitch. <laughs> I'm ne- no. Uh, also, that one of the most fascinating and well fascinating, well thought out, and just overall respectful, like science versus religion kind of stories. Because usually those yeah. those can be like, well, religion's fucking stupid, or if you're not religious, you're a horrible person. But that one just towed the line perfectly. I love yeah, it. it- gave you know both sides of it it talked about everything it was yeah it's it's cool i mean it it talks about the pros and cons of both so mm-hmm. yeah so, such a good movie and mcconaughey best space second best space movie starring matthew mcconaughey right right uh, probably the first better <laughs> probably the first best but Those are, why was I, the first thing i thought of and i wrote this on letterbox but why was he in the movie what do you mean why was as an actor or as a character no like a character like what did he didn't do anything well, he no, but like, he, mean, was, he was the thematic. As... No, he was the thematic opposite to Jodie Foster because he's a I... scientific man, but he's also very religious, and that's where the con- that's where the thematic conflict comes from. And yeah, he doesn't do much, but it's her story, yes. and he just gives that's her, true. he challenges her, and they push push back on each other on certain things. Halfway through the movie, I just kept thinking. I was thinking back to that scene from Family Guy too. He's Stewie's talking to Matthew McConaughey, yeah, and he's like, "They didn't even need you in that movie." I'm like. <laughs> Kind of right. <laughs> like, Thematically, they needed him. Plot wise, he was kind of a cheerleader, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. It's a good movie. Um, Cody, you should watch. You should watch Contact, bro. And then Talented Mr. Ripley. Yes, that too. Well, though, you don't it's have to so watch that, but Josh did watch it. Yeah, it's so good. I like that way more. So. Really? Yeah. Okay. I thought that you would gravitate towards the sci-fi stuff more, but I, I mean, I generally like horror psychological thrillers type yeah. of thing more so okay. that was awesome it was so good yeah it was pretty good i haven't watched that in a while but 
Now I want to. That, that, that's one of those DVDs that I've always just like, oh, I could watch Towns with Mr. Ripley, and I want to, but I never do. Sad. Hmm. What you, would you like most about it? The ending, honestly. Or I guess more like what the ending kind of means for the whole movie. It's like, what I like about the movie is that like, there's never, there's never like an end point. It's just, he keeps going and yeah. going and going. Mm-hmm. And even after it's over, he keeps like, you just, there's no end to what he's, he's just going to keep up with this. And it's crazy. It's awesome. If you like that, there's another Matt Damon movie where he plays a character that does similar things called the informant. It's, it's a little dry and too long, but it's got, his character in that is also this is pretty similar to to Ripley, but kind of nice. to a sillier degree. But where he's just like, sure. dude, stop it! You're hurting yourself, and he just won't. You think he stopped, but then he just won't stop. Yeah, it's it reminded me a little of uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hm, good, good comparison. Yeah, that movie's kind of been forgotten, and I'm always bummed about that. See, that's it's great. It's great. Cool. It is. Now, Cody. You and I have something to discuss. Yeah, we do. Castle in the Sky, baby. We sure do. You saw it for the first time, correct? Yeah, it was really, really good. Was it great? It wasn't the best movie of the 80s, but it was pretty good. But was it the second best movie of the 80s? (laughs) No, I mean, it was fine. It was a really, really good Miyazaki movie. Which okay. I guess is kind of a redundant thing to say because all of his movies are good. Yeah. Well, you know, that's well, debatable. You've watched what are you one to of say? them. You've watched one of them. He hates Howl's Moving Castle. I don't Howl's hate it. Howl's Moving Castle is awesome. It's, it's pretty fine. good. You get the proto Batman. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm not crazy about Howl's Moving Castle. I know a lot of people are. I think it's kind of, it's basic. it's Castle in the Sky, but a little bit more cluttered. And well, that, that was is... the first, uh, that was the first Miyazaki movie I saw. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But Castle in the Sky is greatness. It's good. I don't know. I think I like uh, Princess Mononoke better. Oh, but but how did, how great was Prototype Prototype Joker? Oh, he's great. Oh, Mark Hamill is amazing. Best villain. It was so... It was basically Joker. It was That twist, though, was pretty good, too. The thing about his heritage? Yeah. yeah I had no idea that cool. was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I don't know that, like like Josh said, the with in contact where the first forty five minutes or whatever to an hour is them kind of trying to decode what's going on, but like that first little bit of trying to get to Laputa and is just is just that to me is my favorite thing about movies is when you're trying to get to a place and you try gotta try to find it or tr- find something in general, but like the the journey. Yeah, that was it. my that was my favorite part of the movie. I gotta say, my favorite scene, I think, in that whole movie is weird, but it is, it's the flashback of Pazu's father when he's on that ship and he sees the castle in the sky and he takes that camera out and takes a picture of it and it's just like uh-huh. shrouded in the clouds. It's just this giant thing in the air. I don't know. That, that gives, that game, that literally gave me the chills when I saw it. I love it so much. It's such a cool little moment. And I loved all the characters. I didn't like Pazu's voice. I yeah, watched the dumb version of it. Who's, was that James Vanderbeek? Yeah, it was. He wasn't very good. That could go for redubbing. That'd be fun. That'd be good as long as you get Mark Hamill again. Oh yeah, he could. Well, Fassbender would be kind of cool. That'd be good. That'd be good. But <laughs> sweet. Uh, so is that? So you've seen Mononoke, Castle in the Sky, and Howl's Moving Castle, 
right? Yes. Spirited Away is the next one I'm going to see. Yeah. When it I'm comes gonna, to theaters in October. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. And then Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is another is the only that and Panya which I'm not excited to I'm I'll see it but not I'm not in a rush. But Nausicaa Valley of the Wind looks really cool. It looks kind of like yeah, I'm excited to watch uh, Spirited Away. Um I was walking around Target before the the movie started. Target, yeah. And um, Spirited Away cost an extra $10 on Blu-ray than the other movie. So, like, Princess Mononoke was $15 on Blu-ray. And Spirited Away was $25. It's high class. Very high class. Why do you like this? I just want to watch your movie. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Love Castle in the Sky. I think that's another one. I think you're gonna, you're, it'll grow on you a little bit. Maybe not because the adventure, you lose the like the anticipation of Laputa. But I want one of those robots. I want one of the robots and those little like cat things that hangs out on their shoulder. No, I loved the, yeah, the, I like the noises that the robots made. Yeah. Or when they was moving around, not the one that was in the uh, military base, but yeah, the garden sanctuary guy. Mm-hmm. I also love it. Character. I also loved it when Mark Han- or what's his name. She to pa Mark Mark to so whatever Mark Hamill's character when he like lures all those soldiers into that like basement thing and he just drops he just, them. Oh my god, savage that was bro, savage bro. Ah, so good, cool. Uh, and then for me, this is actually gonna be rare for me. It's something I haven't seen yet, but tomorrow at noon, you too, the blackout live on Facebook. Watch it. It's great. It's gonna be great. I already know. I know it. Nah. It's gonna be awesome. I'll send. I'll link it. I'll link it out because it's gonna be so amazing. Just about I don't know, fourteen hours from now, fifteen hours something like that. Can't wait. Speaking of not being able to wait, next week, it. It is. We got something fun planned for next week too. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Granted, everything works out the way I want it to. Don't. It might have to be a bonus episode. Don't you know that? That's got to be the worst movie to write about because it's called it you know <laughs> like no no headline can make sense so until next time josh cody take it easy goodbye later